Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 30, The Morrigan. The triple goddess for the win! She is so cool, but before we dive into this very, very awesome myth from my homeland, we have some housekeeping. First off, it is tripod month and not the thing that holds your camera. Uh, it is hashtag... T-R-Y-P-O-D. It's been so fun hearing podcast hosts like figure out how to uh, spell this thing without just being like, it's T-R-Y, guys, T-R-Y. T-R-Y, T-R-Y, not try. Um, so basically, it is time to introduce people in your life who don't listen to podcasts to the wonderful world of podcasts. They're missing out, y'all. And we would love if you passed us along to your creepy cool friends, of course, but we're also sharing shows that we love all month long on Twitter using hashtag tripod. We are at Spirits Podcast. Uh, most recently, we're really loving and this is why we drink. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> it's two friends who drink and discuss true crime and paranormal stories, which obviously we love. It, yeah, like between the two of us, we have your whole like spoopy uh, history show genre while you drink totally covered. With ladies. With ladies, yay. Speaking of which, welcome and cheers to our newest patrons. Let's take a deep breath here. Thank you to Deborah, Paige, Erin, Abby, Haley, Ellen, Charlotte, Zoe, Karen, Christina, MCF, Becca, Jackson, and H. Gray. You glorious salmons of knowledge. There are so many of you now. Oh, we're so happy. And thank you too to our cohort of supporting producer level patrons, Leanne Davis, Shannon Alford, Phil Fresh, Catherine Addington, Christina Rogers, and Dorian Schuler Teachout. Thank you to each and every one of you patrons for your support and to everyone listening. We are super, super close so to reaching close. our new Patreon goal, uh, which would be upgrading our mics. We don't have to sit 16 candles style just chatting anymore. Sometimes we maybe will just because we miss it, but it'll be nice to like be able to sit back against something as we record. I, I would miss your face being this close to mine. Anytime, babe. <laughs> uh, in fact, though, y'all have supported us so hard that I can now utter a sentence that I have always wanted to say. It's so cool. Hi, Go ahead. Julia. Thank you to Audible for supporting this episode of Spirits. Oh my God, I love that. It sounds so good. We sound so legit. Audible is offering you, our spiriters, a 30-day trial and a free audiobook. Just head over to audible.com slash spirits to get your free book and to show your support for the show. That's audible.com slash spirits. And stay tuned to hear our book recommendations later on the show. And that is a wrap. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Spirits Podcast Episode 30, The Morrigan. So Amanda, we're continuing on with our creed from last episode when we did Kali. How can I apply myths to my life? Yes. Into it, right? I am into it because that's what I do anyway. And we end up kind of talking about it informally in most of our episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but this kind of clear like application of, okay, we're going to learn a dope story and then think about how it applies to us. Um, you know, I, I love school and I'm, and I'm into that. I know you are. And we got really good responses from our uh, listeners from that. So I think yes. that's a good way to go. We love your tweets, y'all. They give us life. So Amanda, I was thinking about something that you always say. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, hold on. Let's just let's, think about the possibilities here for a second. Uh... uh my coworker the other day was like, Amanda, you say motherfuck a lot. And not I was that like, one. and I was like, well, I mean, I don't, mm, it's not in my self image to, to curse a bunch, but I do just love the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Not motherfucker. It's a solid. Motherfuck. Yeah. Like I just, anyway. It just ends with a good finality to yeah. it. Yeah. That or like, did you remember your scarf? Those are my two guesses. Okay. N- no. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite phrases that you say is, I contain multitudes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do always say that, which I really like because I think that it really shows the dimension of a person. Yeah, so if for context, it's a quote from Walt Whitman's masterpiece, Leaves of Grass. Of course grass. it is. Oh, you didn't know that? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. like, wow, this is a thing yeah. Amanda says, and I dig it. Yes. 
Uh, well, I, I'm sorry I let the cat out of the bag, but I did not make that up. But yes, it's a line from Leaves of Grass, uh, I Contain Multitudes, or We Contain Multitudes, but however the context mm-hmm. was, um, that, you know, all of us have good and bad and, you know, evil and, and pleasure and vices and virtues and, you know, we're each of us a little universe. So we contain multitudes. As human beings, we contain multitudes. Yes. But what about groups of goddesses that contain multitudes too? Uh, I mean, I would hope so if, if they are from whence we came, yeah. you know? Uh, so this week, we are going to talk about the concept of the triple goddess, and we're going to talk about one of my favorite examples, the Morrigan. I love that. We're I heading love to your hometown. Of, I love all of... Oh, we're going to Ireland. Yeah, we're going nice. to Ireland. Here is the sound of my Irish whiskey. <laughs> Very cute. Some fully work there. I love it. <laughs> Thank you for doing both sides. <laughs> I got to have the, the stereo there. I got you. First things first, what is a triple goddess? Um, I kind of want to just break it down really quick because it can kind of be a confusing concept, especially for people who aren't familiar with the idea. Fairly simply, it's a group of three deities that are worshipped as one. And it's actually a pretty popular concept with ancient mythology and across all cultures. So how does this differ from the Trinity, from the Christian idea? I was about Trinity. to talk about that, actually. Great. So the best example I can Transition. think of... The best example I can think of, actually, is the Holy Trinity in Catholicism. Basically the idea that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all one being, but are being identified as different aspects. And I'm actually surprised that I haven't heard of this outside of the Holy Trinity. Right. Because that concept like fucked with us so much when we were young. We're like, I don't understand how to put these things together. And I haven't come across it in literature or in history. Um, But I'm, I'm really curious to know what other examples of it are. Well, actually, we have kind of talked about another example of this before. Another example we've seen in previous episodes is Persephone. Yes. So in the story Persephone, along with her, uh, Persephone plays the role in the Trinity that she's in of the maiden. Right. Uh, Demeter. Walking through the spring or the the, the forest, like right. making flowers come up under her feet, etc. And then her mother Demeter, who is the goddess of agriculture and nature, she plays the mother character. So she's caring, associated with nature and fertility. Mm-hmm. And then there's Rhea, who we've talked about Rhea a little tiny bit. Rhea is the godmother character or the crone. Oh, yeah. And Rhea is the mother of the Zeus and co, basically. Fascinating. Yeah. We'll have to get there in depth at some point. So this, but, uh, I didn't know Persephone was part of a, a triple goddess. Yeah, so it's interesting because she's usually uh, depicted together with those other two, mm-hmm. um, but is also referred to as an individual that is a part of a greater whole. I so like Persephone that. has plenty of stories on her own, yeah. but is often, during worship in particular, is represented as a group or as an individual, which is just the mother goddess. That's pretty cool because it also implies like a sense of balance or tranquility that like right now you might be appealing to this part of the Trinity because that's something you need help with or you want to focus on, but everything is in context, you know, and like working on one part of yourself right, is like in context of the rest of your life. And if you need help in one thing, it doesn't mean the rest aren't going well. You know, right. I kind of like that you you keep um, the kind of broader balance in mind. Yeah, it's kind of nice, right? Good thoughts, good vibes. So we're going to talk about the Morrigan now. That's going to be our focus for today. I know nothing about this creature, but I just love the name. Yeah. Well, Except you, for Lost Girl. I was going to say, you've heard that name before. The Morrigan is like a, a dope, like head of the court. Right. But also in that show, the Morrigan is a title, right? Yes. 
The yes. Morgan it can be other individuals, but they represent one it's an whole office. thing. Yeah. yeah. Not exactly the same as this, but a certain idea where this is not an individual goddess. This is multiple goddesses acting in different roles. Let's get into it. When we're talking about the Morrigan, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about the individual goddess and also the trio of goddesses who embody battle, strife, and in some versions of the mythology, fertility. Okay. A little background on the Morrigan. Her name means Phantom Queen or the Great Queen. I'm in. Incidentally, so the Celtics had this habit of giving flattering names. I'm so sorry. The Celtics. Shit. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but I just don't want to think about like six foot eight men (laughs) in green uniforms on the beautiful parquet floor of of the Boston whatever arena it's called. TD Garden. Uh, Tanny? TD. Like oh. the bank. Everything's <laughs> named after a bank, Amanda. You know this. No, once I stopped working in finance, I just forgot all banks. That's fair. They just, they just left my head. Okay. It's, it's actually very uh, uh, problematic for my daily life. Okay, <laughs> we'll say it again. Celtics, Celtics, Celtics. Celtics, Celtics, Celtics. Okay. So the Celtics had this habit of giving flattering names to creatures and gods and goddesses who they feared. So, for example, the fairy folk were, uh, were called the fair folk. Yes. Because... You know, they didn't want the fairies to get mad at them and yes. therefore, like, do terrible things, like yes. steal their children and also stuff. Also, pro tip for getting through large family parties, of which Irish families, you're probably gonna, uh, just to compliment the new girlfriend or boyfriend that someone is bringing around yeah. when, in fact, you think that they look dumb or that their uh, opinions about politics are wrong yes. or that the way that they petted the dog was was just a little bit inappropriate. A little aggressive. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a trait. According to the story or source we're talking about, these are either individual goddesses or a group of goddesses. I'm going to keep saying that because it gets a little confusing. Okay. But they, don't worry. I will ask questions. But they represent different aspects of the goddess as a whole. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to quickly break down what each of the different goddesses that make up the Morrigan kind of are all about and what yep. stories they have. So depending on the source, there are about four or five different goddesses that are part of this trinity that makes up the Morrigan. I'm already a little bit confused because yes. Trinity means three. I know, I know. So <laughs> it depends. So there's usually... Or it's like there's three virtues that comprise one goddess and those virtues can be embodied in, in multiple things. Well, no, it's more like... Um trying to think so basically it's a trinity always so it's always three goddesses making up the morrigan oh but, but it's depending like, on the source the names are different and the aspects are different okay does that make sense? sense yeah like versions okay so the fifth goddess is always the individual morrigan themselves so the whole figure itself god god uh, so right. keep that <laughs> keep that in mind yes. as we dive into these we're gonna start first with i'm gonna not pronounce any of these right, so let's do this thing. Badb? Badb? B-A-D-B. Probably beeb or bave. Bave? Because B-H is V. Oh, that's cool. That, that makes total <laughs> sense. <laughs> uh, welcome to me trying to learn Irish. So, bave? Yeah, I think so. So, like, bay with or a beeb. V? Yeah. Or, or bave. Yeah, or beeb. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, none bave. of the... I mean, mostly it's because they, like, they, like, forced a Latin alphabet upon a, a language that wasn't you know, developed that yes. way. And it makes sense if you're, if you're like really into linguistics and like look at the ways that things are, but it doesn't I'm make not. sense versus English, which is a bastard tongue as we all know. Anyway, it's super hard. Okay. Irish fam, you know, respect to you. Fair enough. Okay. So Bave, the literal translation for her name is crow, mm-hmm. which is why the Morgan is often associated with crows and ravens. Cool. Uh, she is known as Bave Katha or the battle crow. Which is actually a hooded crow. Have you ever seen a picture of a hooded crow? No. They're very pretty. So they have sort of like an off gray, like a dark gray coat and then black like head. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really, really pretty. I thought you were going to say something horrifying. No. Like, like, a, like a, a raven or a crow with like a turkey giblet. No. Like a scaly armor mm-hmm. hood. Nope. I'm really glad that that doesn't exist. No, it's very pretty, actually. Okay. Um, so they're a carrion bird, which... Carrion birds are ones that mm-hmm. feast on already dead things. Yep. So they would show up around battlefields after the battle is done and kind of eat it and peck at the dead bodies. Makes sense. So this is why she is associated with a war goddess. Mm-hmm. So her MO is basically causing fear and confusion among soldiers, which moves the tide of battle to her favorite side. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Like sowing discord. Very, uh, very Athenian in the, or just the Trojan War in general, where yeah, the gods yeah. pick sides and would influence the battle. Definitely. And uh, very much kind of, I've been reading a lot of books on like cybersecurity and hacking recently. Okay. And the idea of social engineer, like social hacking. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a kind that you can't really defend against, like getting on the phone and getting someone's information or getting close to them and getting info in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you're sort of like using tools that you don't think of as traditional hacking tools to get yeah. it done. Similarly to this, you know, you're using distraction in a way um, that might not normally be in your like arsenal, like go-to battle strategies. That was an insanely cool tie that you just did there. I would Woo! have never put those two things together. It's, it's not always a, a, a Pokemon headcanon, folks. <laughs> Sometimes it's, uh, it's, Sometimes it's actual it's literary connection. So the appearance of Bave before a battle foreshadows exceptional carnage to come or could predict the death of a notable person. Yeah. Interestingly, so usually her prediction of the death of a person would come in the form of wailing, which is why Bave oh. is later associated with the Banshee. Yes. Um, in one story, she takes the form of an ugly hag who prophesizes the downfall of a notable high king of Ireland. In another story, she takes the form of the washer at the fort. So, side note, because there's a lot of uh, mythology that we haven't talked about in Celtic mythology, so I kind of want to just kind of address some of the terms. So, the Watcher of the Fort is this type of fairy or spirit who is seen as an omen of death and a messenger for the other world. Hmm. So she wanders deserted streams and washes blood off grave clothes of those who are about to die. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Great. <laughs> Just nailing it. I mean, I appreciate lawn, you know, the, the like laundry services mm-hmm. the day before you're going to have to wear that outfit. But like, what an image! There's, yeah, that's such like a good the blood image. run, like the water running red. You know, like, I'm, I'm reminded than that. of uh, one of the scenes in Jurassic Park, one of the Jurassic Parks. Now I can't remember which one it is, but uh-huh. just someone gets eaten in a river and you see the blood run down. I think oh it, yeah, no, that's the first appearance of the dinosaur, right? Where he like snaps somebody up from the middle of the. No, of the no, 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 no. It is in the second movie, I think. Some dude gets eaten by the packies, which are the little tiny dinosaurs who like move in a pack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Demolish them. Yes. And he dies on a river and there's a waterfall and you see the waterfall turn red. Fun. We like All that. foamy. Foamy, yeah. <laughs> All that foam. That that carnal loam. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay. In later stories, uh, they are said to be spirits of women who died giving birth and are doomed to act as these omens until the day that their lives would have normally ended if they hadn't died giving birth. Ugh. And this is interesting because it's going to tie to a story of another version of the Morrigan later. And and, and like such cool associations with like the cycle of life, right? right. Like you die bringing someone else into the world mm-hmm. and then your, you know, afterlife ends when someone else's does. Like it's fascinating. I also like the idea of that is not when your life is supposed to end. So yeah. childbirth, yeah, dying in childbirth is not the same as getting hit by a 
I was going to say a car, but a cart, I guess. Yes, getting trampled by a horse. (laughs) Yeah. Or falling down a well, like every Irish person does at some point. Or drowning, because apparently you guys drown a lot, Everyone's uncle drowns, yeah. Yeah. Listen, Irish listeners, like, if if you were, if a family member of yours didn't drown, A, I'm super happy for you, but B, please tweet me, because (laughs) I'd be really surprised. (laughs) At least someone has to have drowned at some point. So she's usually uh, dressed in green. She appears as a hag and on a green. Yeah, I don't know why. Hmm. On some occasions, she's young and beautiful, uh, but there's a weird story about how if a mortal sucks her breast and claims to be her foster child, they can gain a wish or know the names of people who were chosen to die. What? I know. <laughs> it's really weird. I, I mean, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but I'm just not going to, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, go not into that job. particular. Also, because when I was reading descriptions of this thing, they made a note to say, oh, she has very saggy breasts. I'm like, oh no, oh no, please <laughs> don't show me the future. Please don't do that. I don't want to talk about that. That, that that's our that's our gift as young women is not to have to think particularly specifically Good. about the end. All right. Yeah. Uh, so in one of Babe's most well-known stories, she is the washer at the Ford, and she's seen washing the chariot and the harness of an Irish hero, uh, which is an omen for that hero's death in an upcoming battle. Yeah, dude. That is pretty cool. Yeah. She is so associated with the battle that the battlefield is actually known as the Garden of Babe, mm. uh, and she's regularly depicted as an active participant in warfare, so not just influencing but fighting like, herself. Yeah, like wielding the spear or whatever. Um, so using magic, she can help incite fear and confusion, even summoning, and I quote, compact clouds of mist and a furious rain of fire. Mm. Uh, and so it allows, uh, her presence allows neither side to be able to rest uh, or stay for three days and three nights. That reminds me of Kali's like eternal dance-off. Yes, where I'm so into you're, that. You know, you're, you're like compelled beyond the limits of normal physical ability by divine force, you know, to see the thing out through to its end. Yeah, if only more battles were epic dance-offs. What if one side of the battle could only use, uh, like, like their weapon was just dancing, like dancing in unison to make the ground rattle, and the other team could only wield, like, compact clouds of mist? That would be <laughs> kind of fantastic. I'm super into that. Speaking of mist, that is all that is left in my drink, Julia, so why don't we head over for a refill? I think so. Let's go. Spirits is sponsored this week by Audible. You can get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash spirits. A lot of you are like, oh, I wish spirits were longer, and that is super flattering, but why not try a dope audiobook in the meantime? Okay, so I actually downloaded one really recently. Oh, yeah. It is one of my favorite books, and I kind of wanted to re-listen to it in audio form because I'm working on a super secret project right now, yeah. and I just need a little inspiration. The book is called The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers, and it is Amazing! It is so good, y'all. I I read it in print form, but now I have to see it in audiobook form as well. Here at whatever the verb is, uh, because it's like diverse characters, sort of like Firefly, like people in space, like such a cool rendering of what like a sci-fi space exploration future might be like. Oh, it's insanely good world building. There's alien species, and you can like just tell that this author put so much effort into it and so much thought, and the audiobook does such a good job portraying that. It's amazing. Yeah, female narrator, which is really dope, and. And it's just like, it's just so good. It's just so good. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I love it's it like so much. It's like funny and serious at the same time. And I, like, it's about like space and death I, and life. And, and I things. mean, but the great part is there's not 
too much at stake. Like it doesn't feel like a giant yeah. drama. It doesn't hole. feel like uh, another big book about space exploration, which starts with the end of the Earth. And I'm like, oh, okay, this oh, is what okay. we're in for. Anyway, but if you want a really exciting, uh, you know, lovely, wonderful, humorous, thought-provoking book to read, we recommend The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. And you can try this book or any of the zillions of others that Audible has to offer at Audible.com/spirits. We'd really, really love it if you went and signed up uh, to show your support for the show and to let Audible know that they can return as a sponsor again. And you must let us know too on Twitter and Facebook what books you end up trying were at Spirits Podcast. So thank you, Audible. And now we're going to get back to the show. Bye. Okay, let us talk about another aspect of the Morrigan. Matcha, not the tea. Oh, okay. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but um, so there's actually not as much information on this aspect of the Morgan as there was with Bath. Matcha is associated with war, horses, and sovereignty, and is also known as I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Gryon Bunchur. <laughs> that doesn't sound Irish. Do you want to try yeah. it? Nope. I got nope. no other. <laughs> you got nothing, huh? Sorry. All right. It, it's basically Celtic for the, you did it so right, and then you did it so wrong. It's okay. It's basically Celtic for the son of woman folk and okay. some like in the su- in the sky not child of. okay i was yeah. gonna say man of woman born like something that type shit on i'm us. into it though uh so she's tied to sacred names oh sh- i didn't even think about that what but like the the trio of witches oh my god yes yeah Yes. And like, and like, you know, they're, they're foretelling Macbeth's death. They sort of, they sort of symbolically get him ready for his funeral gear by like giving him the mantle of double Thane. Are the witches from Macbeth the Morrigan? Because holy shit, that's pretty damn good. If no one's talked that through yet, we have to quick go and get PhDs in dramatic literature yeah. and then write a doctoral thesis about this. And then we'll talk. And or an audio drama. So she's tied to the sacred names of Ireland, and she was the mother of the Urnmas, which are spirits that are associated with or protectors of sacred places in Ireland. They're also a trinity, but yeah. we're not going to talk about them this time. And, and just like anecdotally, there very much is a sense of like places have correct ways that they should be mm-hmm. and and messing with it is going to just like bring bad stuff upon you yeah you know like am i i've just kind of experienced that with this just relatives and things like this is the way that the thing should be and if you you know break ground on a place that shouldn't be broken or you know disrupt hollowed ground or something mm-hmm. uh there's just like a i think greater than average uh sense that something bad is going to come upon you and yours that's pretty interesting that's very irish i feel yeah. like that's pretty irish um so talking about matcha again so in many stories outside of her affiliation with the morrigan she's the wife of a god or it's kind of confusing i think he's basically a heroic character okay and he's mortal uh but i think later on he gets deified so it's a man named nemid whose name means holy or privileged and he was the leader of a group of people who came to settle in ireland who were eventually named after him the nemedians or something that sounds like something. Nope. Um, I, I got okay. nothing. I got nothing. Um, so in some stories, she is a warrior and a queen um, who helped her husband overpower their rivals and force them to build a sacred city in her honor. Dope. Into it. Just I love that. Relationship goals. I, I also like, I also identify with like being the, the like power half of the power couple or, you know, or like, yeah, or no. like the, the person who's like, oh, like, like helping, right. helping your partner, like achieve their dreams oh, because yeah. you're, you can. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. It's like the, the female doing that and not yes. the male. I'm into that. Uh, so in another story, she's also said to be the wife of a hero named Krunwick. 
Prunewick? I just don't want to look at the spelling because I know that I'm not going to get it. So he was immortal, and as a goddess, she warned him uh, not to tell anyone about their love or the fact that she even existed. Of course, he's an asshole, so he brags about his relationship to the king of Ulster. Oh, good. Um, Good, good, good. Good choice. That his wife could outrun the fastest chariot. Which, like, adorable. You know, like, I'm just just, like picturing the guy being like, my wife could could faster than any of your chariots. So many horses. <laughs> um, get get involved uh, right in the stable boy. Stable, stable boy. So Matcha, who is hella pregnant at the time, like eight months pregnant at the time, um, she is forced to appear before the king, who then forces her to run a race against his horses. Wow. Speaking of death and childbirth, that sounds super smart. She manages to win, even though she's hella pregnant, uh, and she gives birth to her child as soon as she crosses the finish line. So epic. Um, and in her dying pain and anger, she, oh, she curses dies? she curses the king Fuck. and his future children for nine and nine generations. So 81 generations in total. Whoa. Um, and th- that in their worst peril, they would suffer the pain of childbirth. That's amazing. I love that That's so amazing. Much. Because like, you know, unless you give birth to children, you're not going to feel that pain. Yeah. Like, it is, from what I hear, pain unlike any other pains. Also, Ulster is like kind of a cursed place in Ireland. Yeah. Like, that's where the troubles are. Oh, well, then. Uh, in, in Northern Ireland. It's because like the, they're all feeling that childbirth pain. It, yeah. And, and then, I mean, there's like all kinds of horrific shit, like car bombings Ooh. and like awful, like people get like mutilated by shit. And like, there's not quite chemical warfare, but like dirty warfare that, had, that, that was happening. Not great. Um, so it, it's sort of... Uh, Is it like on the border of North Ireland and regular Ireland? Is that why? Okay, that makes sense. Um, so matcha along with Bave is associated with birds and is also sometimes known as the Raven. Oh. She, along with her other Morgan is identified in instigating battles. And I mean, it makes sense because she didn't ask for the, the, uh, right. the challenge that I'm, ended up claiming her I'm life. I'm so into the vengeful spirit. We talked about this with we the did. seductress episode we of did. Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> still, I looked it up. <laughs> in most of the stories, her name is still Melissa. I just, just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Why? <sighs> Whence? Wherefore? I know. Two more Morgans to go. That's a thing. The next one we're going to talk about is Neiman. So Neiman is the literal personification of the frenzied havoc of war. Hmm. The very sight Sounds of- like a great thing to bottle up and put in a god. Yeah. Awesome. Totally good. The very sight of her is enough to confound entire armies. And in stories, friendly troops will fall into mutual slaughter, driven mad by her appearance. Oh, it is- Kind of collie up in here. Yeah, I'm into yeah. it. So it's said that she can kill a hundred men with a single battle cry. And I have a quote. Okay. The Neiman confused the army and the four provinces of Iru dashed themselves against the points of their own spears and weapons so that a hundred soldiers died in fear and trembling in the middle of the fort and encampment that night. Oh shit. That's like intense. I yeah, love it. It reminds me of like sirens luring captains to like dash their boat upon the rocks. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of beautiful. And I, I also really like the image of the futility of war in this sense. Yeah. Because these people are dying for nothing. Isn't that what we're doing anyway? Yeah. Right? Like if, if, they're, you, they're, if you zoom out beyond the lens of like the, the warring factions, like is this not a society just eating itself up? Yeah. They're just, they're going to die anyway. And just the sight of her is that realization I think that, oh shit, we're probably going to die anyway. Let's just do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, that's like really intense. I, I, I didn't assume that. I just assumed the kind of like 
frenzy of of mixing up the enemy and the self mm-hmm. um which like i'm really into that idea of like what is self-defeating and and what do we do um that we think is constructive that ends up um you know causing bad consequences for us mm-hmm. and and that kind of idea where you kind of transpose the self and the enemy mm-hmm. um and like and so therefore it makes sense to do a like auto the homicide whatever you call it uh you just made a jerking off motion with no, your I hands did not. That, yes you did it was it was the thrusting the spear into okay, me but it was multiple times <laughs> you look like you were using a shake weight okay <laughs> Good try, though. That's not going in the podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, The rest of her story are basically just that, where it's battlefield, she shows up, everyone dies or kills themselves. There's different theories regarding what her name could mean. So some theologians believe that, oh, it's... uh, it means to deal out poison, where other ones say it means to seize or take the enemy. Hmm. Which I really like that. I like both of them, yeah, yeah because it's not... It's not like you're not you're not spreading poison for people to later die. Right. You you like take control of them. Yeah. I really like that. I mean, besides the whole, you know, besides killing murder, people yeah, and yeah. stuff. The last one we're going to talk about is Our whole podcast has a disclaimer besides the murder. <laughs> besides the murder and <laughs> besides stuff. Besides the murder and stuff. This besides is the cool. human sacrifice, besides the murder, besides, besides the, incest, the incest. It's totally fine and Greece is totally fine. <laughs> I said that in conversation the other day. Someone yeah. brought up like ancient Greek gods and like who was whose son, and I was like, "Incest, it's fine. It was fine." I mean, just in context it makes more sense than it does now. <laughs> we had actually someone uh, message us on Facebook today and they're like, thank you for always talking about the Greeks and just being like, incest is fine. By the way, we call, when my friends and I talk about it, we call them brusbans, brother husbands. <gasps> I'm like, <gasps> so good. So good. I love it. It's Adopted. So love it. I think her name was Ramona. Thank you, Ramona. Thank you, Ramona. Also makes me think of polygamy, which just has a, has a special place in my heart. I know it does. And, yeah. And not, not very particular. You I just, just really liked Big Love. It. I really think I watched Big Love at a formative time seeing Amanda Seyfried and Aaron Paul on screen together making out it was just like it overwhelmed the circuits okay anyway so last (laughs) last Morgan we're gonna talk about is Anon okay she's also known as Gentle Annie which is again is one of those terms used to avoid offense yes Uh, like we talked the I'm gonna guess that she isn't gentle Kind of. So she's often mixed up with many other Irish goddesses and is known in some stories as the mother of the Irish gods. There's not a lot of information about her. I think it's one of those instances like with the Etruscans where they transformed into so many things over time that we lose the original translations. And probably meant a lot to each person. Like you can kind of evoke these like big general ideas Mm -hmm. of gods and of like, oh, you know, you evoke St. Patrick for whatever and you vote, you know, this person for that. And so it's hard to kind of get to like a common denominator or a truth of things mm-hmm. because every transmission of that is so personal. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so some stories actually associate her with peaceful and timely death. So instead of the violent deaths in the other aspects oh. of the Morrigan. It's the way it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so not not as terrible, not throwing yourself onto your spear, just right. kind of dying peacefully in your sleep. But again, like this this kind of idea of the larger whole or the larger like Morrigan of Morrigans. Yeah. Um, I, I like that, you know, with every unjust death, there's a just death. Right. Like with every person dying tragically, bringing another life into the world, you know, someone like dies with 40 grandchildren happily like in her bed at home. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's, you know, it's nice to remember that context. Hashtag multitude of Morrigan. (gasps) Into it. Ah, okay. So in one story about the Morrigan, which is usually associated with Anon, 
Uh, it mentions that the goddess lured a bull away from a woman named Odris. Trying to get her bull back. There are no back. bulls in Ireland. Okay. <laughs> they don't have cows in Ireland? Oh, I thought you meant like the yeah. running of the bulls? Yeah. Bulls are just male cows, Amanda. Really? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I know that. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think of what creature I was talking about. You're thinking of bulls no, with no, no, horns? No, no. I was thinking of the Taurus in Pokemon. Which is based on a bull. I know. I okay. Just, she lures a bull away from this woman named Odris. Trying to get her bull back, Odris follows the Morrigan into the other world. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. Not worth it. Um, when Odris falls asleep, the Morgan turns her into a pool of water. Okay. Um, there's a couple of other stories referencing her with cattle, which also brings back the suggestion that the Morgan is tied to earth, fertility, and sovereignty, which is what connects her back to matcha. Huh. That idea of conquered land becomes your land. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot there. And I, on the one hand, like that's not a horrible death to be turned into a, pot, a yeah. pool of water. It's but, very Greek actually. Yeah. But also like, you know, no trace that you were there, no way to like find your body mm-hmm. and to honor it, no place to go, you know, to like, to, yeah. you know, pay respects afterward, which is, which is really big. Um, however, I don't know. It's kind of nice. Yeah. We'll return to the cycle. It's kind of chill. It's supposed to, I think it leads into the River Shannon, too. It's like the pool that feeds the River Shannon, which I like. That's adorable. It's life-giving, which Mm. is, you know, not the worst death in the world. My family's from Carrick-on-Shannon. Okay. Nice. Just as a nice name. I like that. Yeah. Very pretty. Okay, so applying the Morgan to ourselves. What do you think? I think when we're talking about the Morgan, we're talking about this idea that we can have this sort of angry embodiment of fury and chaos and havoc and sometimes that can be super overwhelming but at the same time we can have this sort of gentleness and control in ourselves and it balances out just fine we don't have to always be feared we can always we could also give you know beautiful timely death or we can you know that represent this land yes chaos isn't the only option and i i like the idea of naming and knowing your demons of instead of just turning away from all the things that are unpredictable and scary and horrible about the world, uh, you know, you give them a nickname and you find a way to try to placate them or to live with them or to put them in a context that makes them bearable for yourself. Um, you know, like dying in childbirth is like, you know, one of the most tragic things that, that yeah. can occur. And so to instead of just not dealing with it, you can, you know, you can honor it in a way and know it in a way by giving it a name, representing it alongside peaceful death and battle death and just trying to, I don't know, know, know the thing through context and make it a little bit less scary, lessen its power over you yeah. by by deeming to face it. Of course, I like the idea that this is a person or a group that contains so many layers, contains so many beautiful... The beautiful is alongside with the horrible. And I think as human beings, that's what we're all about. You know, we can't... We can't always just be perfect and thoughtful and wonderful. Sometimes we have these bad moments where we're angry and we hurt. And you have to kind of understand that if someone's being rude to you when they're usually your friend or they're usually, you know, someone you care about, it's because they can't be perfect and they can't be beautiful all the time. Yeah. That's just how it is. The, like, the wheel of fortune that is the the, the Morrigan Trinity 
you know, it's clicked over one, you know, and, yes. and so like, like the chaos is, has taken over for the day. Um, and I mean, that's, that's what the future is as well, right? Is like unbridled possibility, the good, the horrible, the tragic, the, the amazing, you know, and, uh, and it's, it's almost like I'm, I picture the Trinity mm-hmm. always as a kind of like glowing and pulsating triangle, yes. um, with like something can kind of pop up, like almost like a magic eight ball, you know, where like it's, sure. it's just kind of, um, opaque with like beautiful color and glitter and things in it at all times. And then whenever, you know, something has to be summoned up, it kind of like comes up, bobs up to the surface and then goes back down. And that's also how I've, how I've kind of pictured the future of like lots of, lots of possibilities, good and bad. Maybe it'll all happen. Maybe none will. But knowing that, you know, everything exists alongside other possibilities that when things are going well, they could have gone badly. When things are going badly, maybe they'll go well one day or that they're going well for someone else. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just, it makes everything seem a little less, uh, out of my control. And I guess that's the best we can ask for, you know? Hooded crows though. That would be pretty horrifying. Yeah. God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So thank you guys for listening and stay creepy. Stay cool. Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, director's commentary, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings. If you like the show, please share with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.